Welcome to episode 71 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, we're going to do things slightly differently this week. Yes. Uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, one, we ran out of time last episode to do our short list for season two. So we're going to start with that partly because we're recording this like two weeks early because Cameron is about to head to Disney World. Yes. You lucky, lucky bastard. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> So there's really uh, no news to talk about because even though we're... we're, we're Do you just bu- want to make up news? I kind of just want to make up a story. All right. But, but, um, let's see. What's going to happen? Okay. Let's... Okay. What news story do you think will break about the DCEU between now and when this episode would actually air in about two weeks' time? Uh, Shazam is going to get a new director. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay, you know what? Uh, I'm on board with this. Continue. Okay. Uh, who's directing it now? Do you have a director yet? Um, yeah, it's um, David Sanders. Okay. San- <clears throat> uh, go ahead. So it's... Uh, oh, God. What, hold on. Who's the... David Sandberg. Okay. Um, he kind of looks like Robert Kirkman. Okay. So... Uh, uh, he is going to to drop out because of creative differences between him and DC, uh, and replacing him will be Kenny Ortega. <laughs> Kenny, who's Kenny Ortega? Kenny Ortega is the guy who directed the High School Musicals. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're going to find out that because of Zachary Levi's amazing singing and dancing abilities, mm-hmm. uh, Shazam is actually going to be the first DCEU musical. Uh, what do you think about this, Chris? I'm I'm on board. <laughs> I am on board for every single possible element of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love musicals. I want to see a superhero musical. Uh, I think Shazam is the right kind of character to do that with. Yeah. Zachary Levi is a delight. So other news that came out about this that I don't know if you <laughs> saw or not. Uh, they finally casted uh, the the uh, the God Shazam. Okay. Uh, the the Great Wizard for the people who don't know that gives. Exactly yes. by his powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and funny enough, because it is a musical now, uh, they got Lin-Manuel Miranda oh my God. to come in uh, and, and, and play the wizard. So it's, it's an interesting choice casting such a young actor but in he, this role. But he, he is wise beyond his years. Yes. He, he, everything he touches turns to gold. Mm-hmm. I, think, I'm, I think this is terrific casting. Yeah, and it's, it's nice to see him and Dwayne The Rock Johnson pair up again because I'm sure there's going to be some interaction between him and Black. That's true. Yeah, he's going to have a cameo appearance. Uh, he has his own dedicated song and dance number. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> what's, his, what's the character's name? Black Adam. Black Adam, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not Black Lightning or Black Bolt. I was like, I'm ready to nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Or Black Panther. Yeah. Um, and I've also heard they're considering recasting Mark Strong. Now, I love Mark Strong. Me too. But if anyone has seen, uh, Kingsman 2, we can acknowledge that maybe not the best singer. Mm-hmm. So they're, Dr. Savannah is now going to be played by, you know, Patrick Harris. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I remember, I remember reading about that. Yeah. Finally, we've always wanted, uh, MPH in the DCEU somewhere. Yes. This seems like a really natural entry point for him. Well, he, if... Uh, if you remember, he he has had a small take in the Marvel and the DC world already. This is true. Playing Nightwing in Under the Red Hood, he was fantastic. He was great. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is just a natural progression for him. It is. Yeah, I think this is the best possible place we can put him in there. You know, we've seen from uh, um, a for- series of unfortunate events, he looks pretty good as a bald man. Mm-hmm. We know from uh, Doctor Horrible Sing Long Blog, he's already a great singing villain. He is. He already has the lab coat. Yeah, ready to go. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is shaping up to be possibly the best DCEU movie yet. I like when they really push themselves into new territories. Mm-hmm. You know, like Wonder Woman, it was like a period, like female-driven action drama sort of thing. And yeah. Uh, you know, Suicide Squad was um, like a fever dream incarnate. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens when they go full musical. I, I think with the rise of the musical coming back, you had La La Land and Greatest Showman, Showman come out recently. Which, true story is getting like a huge box office resurgence. It's great. It's coming out in IMAX. Like, I'm, I will wow. never I will never go to a sing-along movie in a fucking movie theater because they're doing those oh, screenings, too. I will okay. never... I will not talk I, about that then. I'm sure, I'm sure you have. <laughs> but, Cameron, it's well established that the difference, the biggest difference between <laughs> you and I is that you experience joy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm actually really excited to see The Greatest Showman come back around on that one. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to that soundtrack nonstop. I and I'm honestly really excited for the sing-along version of Shazam. Oh, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zachary Levi is going to be there in person for every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 
I, it, it's a weird choice that they're they're also not going to have him be muscular. Yeah, which, you know, they're, I, go, they're going scrawny again on him. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're going they're going musical thin. Yeah. So so imagine Hugh Jackman from Greatest Showman. Right. Uh, just put Zachary Levi's head on that. Um, and well, yeah, if, if you're in a musical, it's all about, you have to be live. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to move quickly and dance around. You can't carry that bulk around. Yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gotta get nice and lean. So so now with this cast, who would you like to see as young Billy Batson? <laughs> Um, duh, 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 duh. who? Oh, who's a good young, young singing actor? Fuck it, let's just get the kid who played the young version of Hugh Jackman in um, The Greatest Showman. Oh, I was gonna go with one of the Stranger Stranger Things kids. Oh, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Partly because it's the only one I can name off the top of my head. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's amazing. I agree with you. I, mm-hmm. He can probably. They can all sing. Actually, they're all fantastic. Yeah, they're all just so good at everything. Oh, wait, what's um, Glenn? What's his last name? Dale. What's the character? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Never mind. Sorry. No, I was trying to remember the um, the one who's got the uh, the the um, D'Artagnan. No, what's the fuck? I'm totally looking at everything in Stranger Things too. The kid always wears the hat. He's got the frizzy hair. Oh yeah, yeah, the one that everyone loves the most. Yeah. What's that actor's name? It's Glenn. This is an M. It's like I don't know. I, I only know this bit has fallen apart completely. Um, let's go with him. Yeah, I, I I agree. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because I mean, the thing is that like Blue Batson doesn't have to look like Shazam. Exactly, he can look like everyone. Yeah, he can look like everyone. Um, no, I'm totally down for that. Uh, I, I really Gaten Matarazzo, not Glenn. Fantastic. All right, well, mm-hmm. great job on my part there. Yeah, uh, I would <laughs> I would love that for the for that to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have any any movie news you would like to start up? Well, I was gonna say that uh, the Flash has once again lost its directors, <laughs> but we've talked about that at length so many times. <laughs> yeah. So, let's see which one of us is right in two weeks' time. It's now just going to be Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is directing his own movie. He's directing his own movie, yeah. With the, he's keeping his bowl cut from um, Fan, Fantastic Fan. Beasts, yep. and he's going to direct in that character. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now that we've gotten through the, the quote-unquote news. Great news. Of, oh, uh, man. It was great to come back weeks. from Disney yeah. to, to read about to all read this. To read about that news. Um, we are going to do our short list. This is something that we keep forgetting to do for every other season of the DCAU sh- so far. But so this, so we're going to do it with the worst one. We're going to do the worst one. But so this, we're going to try to do this from now on. At some point, we'll go back and take care of like BTOS and uh, Superman season one. But it's the idea of um, we're going through and watching all of this as a as a as a duty as a, as an honor actually because we love the DCAU so much. But a lot of it's not great. Let's be right. Honest. So this is the... And we, we don't, as much as we enjoy some of you that do watch along with us, we don't expect everyone to, to watch every episode no. with us. Yeah, my God. It's, it's, it's too much. Like, mm-hmm. it's too much sometimes for us. Yes. So we are this. going to gift you what we think are the best slash necessary, necessary episodes. Yeah. So this is the, yeah, the short list. So what episodes do you uh, have to watch because they have a significant impact later on in terms of plots to the best of our remembrance? Mm-hmm. Um, what happens in the future in the DCAU? And then also what are the ones we actually enjoy and think you're going to, you should be watching. So how, wait, how many camera real quick? How many do you have on yours? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five? Really? Yeah, how many do you have? Nine. I guess I can I can add like one. This more. includes this includes some two parters here. Oh yeah, I, I just have like one part of all the two parters. Okay, well yeah, same. Mine mm-hmm. mine's one part of two parters, but even at that, it's nine. Um, so let's try to think the best way to structure this. Uh, well, let's we'll just go through episode by episode. We'll say if we're, we're it's on our list <clears> or not. Um, I know for a fact that Blast from the Past, the uh, appearance of Jack Sewer and Ma- uh, Mala, not another one of no. ours. No. <laughs> Look, I know they come back again later in season three, but honestly, these are not they do. God damn it. great episodes. But I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure when we get to that episode, it's another one we can just kind of mm-hmm. skip. Like the do you just want to list your episodes and I'll list my episodes so we don't have to talk about all 29? That's true. Let's take a look. Okay. Not Blast in the Past. Uh, no Promethean. Speed Demons. Yep. Speed Demons Online. Mine. Obviously, great episode. Introduction of the Flash. You could not have this and still meet the Flash in Justice League and it would still work. I, very different characterizations, but mm-hmm. I still think it's a fun episode. It's worth including. Yeah. Um, Identity Crisis. Yep. Introduction of Bizarro. <laughs> solid first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this must be on yours too. Mixius Pixelated. Yep. That is makes a pixelixed. The best episode of the season. I think so. Yeah, I think it's one of the best in general. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. They, they really know the comedy. It's fantastic. This, there, I have this and one other episode. I think are the best two of the season. Okay. But I'll, I'll wait for you to, to okay. get to it. Um, I also I have one. I think you probably don't. Brave New Metropolis. Nope. I know it's not great, but I. 
I like it because it sets up the alternate universe thing, which will mm-hmm. kind of come into play later on. Yeah. Um, also, I just think it's an interesting, it's a lowest focused episode. It's an interesting take on Superman. I think his arc in it is kind of cool. So I got that one on there. Okay. Uh, another one I have, I'm sure. That's, that's the one where they, Lois goes to the alternate universe and Superman and Lex have yeah, teamed up to teamed make up, a yeah. dystopian feature. Got yep. Uh, one I'm sure you don't have either is Monkey Fun. Nope. The one with Titano. <laughs> I do not. I think I have that on there because I just remember watching it as a kid and I find it really delightful. <laughs> so I had to include it on there. Bobo? The monkey? Um, yeah, Bobo. Yeah, Bobo's the stuff to add, like the, um, the porter, hotel mm-hmm. porter monkey. Yeah. Yeah. It's adorable. I love it. Uh, World's Finest. Yeah. I've, I've part one. Well, you have to have all three of them on there. I guess. Yeah. It's, it's just one long episode. Yeah. But I mean... It, it tapers off in the end, mm-hmm. but I still think there's a lot of great moments in there, especially in episode one. Um, I, yeah, I mean, actually, if anything, if you only had to, you can only watch, like, I guess you kind of have to watch Apocalypse. Yeah. But I, I think that's one of the best ones. I think you get a lot of really great Joker moments, especially in mm-hmm. there, that are worth including. Um, I also have the late Mr. Kent. I thought about that. Was, that was on the edge. I did not put it on my list. I, again, I like it. I think for the same reason I like uh, Brave New Metropolis, it's an interesting twist mm-hmm. that breaks the formula enough that I, I want to throw it in there because I, I like yeah. it. It's I really cool. like that episode. Yeah. Um, so then last would be Apocalypse Now and Little Girl Lost. Oh, you're not putting Heavy Metal on. I didn't. I loved Heavy Metal and I love the intro to Steel. I, and um, I love Steel. I mean, okay, you know what? Fine. All right. I'll put it back in there. Yeah. All right. Heavy Metal. Uh, yeah, heavy metal would be the last single episode. Okay, so, but I mean, I so that's my personal list. But reality is, I think we're gonna chop it down. Let's cut out Brave New Metropolis. Let's cut out Monkey Fun, <laughs> and let's keep late Mr. Kent though. It's pretty good. That that's a good episode. Yeah. Okay, so I think we got it down to Speed Demons, Identity Crisis, Mixies Pixelated, World's Finest, Heavy Metal, Late Mr. Kent, Apocalypse Now, Little Girl Lost. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll. Post that somewhere. That is the definitive season two list. Skip all the rest of it. It's shit. Yep. We've cut it down from 29 to like 10-ish. Uh, including the, the multiple parts. Uh, 20. Oh, wow. Holy sh- Yeah, you're right. 28. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was that long. My yeah. God. My God. Okay. Well, we did it, Cameron. <clears throat> we did it. We got it down. So now we're starting You are out. all welcome. You're, oh, you are very welcome. <laughs> Saved you a lot. Uh, so now we're down to the first episode of season three. The last season of Superman. Last season of Superman. Again, I said last week, promising stuff coming up in this one. Okay. We're getting some Kyle Rayner. <gasps> Yay. We're getting some Aquaman. He's my favorite. Uh, we're getting some more crossovers with Batman. Hook hand yet? He doesn't have a hook hand yet. No, that's in Justice League. He's the hook hand. That's what I thought. Even then, in <sighs> this, he's designed completely differently. He's oh, got like the okay. traditional green and orange. Oh, okay. Short hair, that whole thing. Um, we're getting some really good stuff, actually, in this season. Um, it's a strong season. Now... I asked you beforehand what you thought about this first one, uh, When There's Smoke, which is the introduction of Volcana, mm-hmm. who is a DCAU original character. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. Um, it makes sense. It, she's very similar to Livewire. She is. Now, you didn't love this. I liked it. I just... There was a, there was a small moment that I'll talk about, <clears throat> which I would want a whole episode for. Okay. Maybe not in this world, but in Batman, absolutely. Okay. Um, but I'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was it was fine. There was a lot that was going on. There, there is a lot going on. Um, it's a lot of people that I don't remember. Yeah, so let me see if I can summarize it real quick. So basically, it, part of the reason I like this one, because I did like it. I actually mm-hmm. liked it quite a lot. Um, it's a slow buildup. So like we sl- we're at like a yacht club. There's like some regatta going on. This very charismatic, very mysterious woman shows up to steal some shit. She's got these flame powers. I thought she was a siren, to be honest, because every I, every guy is like the oh. mythological creature siren. Oh, okay, like yeah. from um, the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, because like she, like immediately every male is a, is like staring at her. Yeah, well, because she's got like the the classic like what 50s, 60s Hollywood sex bomb look with like her hair tied up in the handkerchief over her head and the yeah. sunglasses and everything. Um, I think part of what helps for me too is that I think it's a really great voice performance. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, she's uh, great. Perry Gilpin, who I didn't look her up, but I know this off the top of my head. She was Roz on Frasier. Oh, okay. did you watch Frasier? Okay, yeah, but she's she Sorry. just got a great voice, and I think she brings a lot to it. I think she gives it a lot of personality. But so yes, basically, she's just a thief 
who has flame powers. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it does open up the world a little bit, and we discover there's basically an Xavier Institute where... It's government funded Xavier government Institute. funded Xavier Institute where they say paranormal but we're basically talking metahumans mm-hmm. just most of the powers they're exhibited are paranormal they're um, psychic telepathy mm-hmm. they're telekinetic um, mm-hmm. are being educated to control their powers and then there's yeah. this this clandestine government organization all these G-men who come in and then basically have their own will and they're after Volcana but one of the things what I liked about this episode I'm curious if you think it's something <laughs> similar I think this is the closest we've gotten in Superman to a BTOS episode. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause like it, it is, I think a, a, a good character. I think she's interesting. She's given a sympathetic backstory that mm-hmm. she was basically just kidnapped and forced into this organization. And like, it's hinted at that she was forced to kill people. Cause she's like, Oh, who do I have to kill now? Yeah. So she's like lived a really rough life and she's trying to do her own thing. And she doesn't know what to do other than be a thief. Um, and then, of course, there's what's the guy? Was it Kurtz? The Kurt. There's an uh, yeah. There's an agent with an eye patch. Mm-hmm. Um, Fury. Fury. Yeah. Or I thought maybe they might have gone King Faraday, <clears throat> who's a, a probably D level DC Comics character. He's in uh, New Frontier. Okay. Um, he's great in that. I thought it might be something along those those lines, but um, no. But so it's like there's a build up in the beginning. We we're kind of meeting her and like stages a little bit there's a mystery involved with it she's very charismatic i think there's a lot of emphasis on character here and the fight scenes are based around character not just about like big smashy stuff mm-hmm. which, which happens but it's not not to the same level like even the supergirl episode we just did yeah where it's just big last week last <laughs> last week not an hour ago um i i actually feel sympathetic for her absolutely so there there's a segment <clears throat> that i wanted to talk about it's very brief in this in this episode where she's trying to sell the stuff she just stole. Yeah. Um, there's there's a, a lovely little joke in there. Oh, where it's she, a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Where she's trying to sell this this whistle. It's like, oh yes, this whistle was touched by the it was touched by the president's lips and the buyer is like, Oh yeah, what hasn't? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Clinton age. Oh, uh, hello, nineteen ninety eight comedy. <laughs> um but I would love a full like Joker or Riddler episode mm-hmm. where it's them, they get away with the crime and they just have to try and sell it oh. and they can't get anyone to buy it. Oh, they, like them trying to find a fence. Yes. I would love a full episode of that because yeah, you, you that see the sympathetic great. side yeah. of her of like, she can't, she's trying to get the money to skip town Yeah, because she knows that they're, that they're after her. Yeah. And when she can't sell, that's when she gets caught. And I would love a comedic side of that. Oh, my God. Like, so, okay. So pick your, which Batman rogue would you throw in there to have that episode about? Uh, I think the ones that would make the most sense would be Catwoman mm-hmm. uh, or Joker. Okay. But I would also love for Riddler. I was thinking one. the Riddler might be interesting. So we mm-hmm. get, like, the cool thing about Joker's millions was it kind of touched on that a little bit. It gave us a bit of a softer side of the Joker. Like, what happens when he's in a pinch? Yeah. So I would have loved to see that for I think I think the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Riddler's very charismatic. Yeah, and I feel like he would like lose his temper really quick when he's yeah. like, no one understands how valuable this thing is. Right, and, and he's like trying to explain it. Yeah, it's probably some like ancient puzzle that he's super excited about, but would be a very niche market. He doesn't understand why no one wants to buy it, and he keeps getting more and more frustrated because he's supposed to be such a genius. Yeah, and no one listens to him. Yeah, that is a great idea for an episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Paul Dini, if you're listening, <laughs> let's get that spec script going. Yeah, can you come out of retirement? We well, are even retired. Can we unretire the DCAU <laughs> just to do that? I, that would be a really, that's not what I was expecting you to go for. I thought you were going to talk about the, um, the paranormal Institute. I mean, that also is, is so fascinating and yeah. deserves a whole episode on it, on you its, know, on its own. But I think so, cause I agree. It could be interesting to do a whole episode, but if you look at like, what's the most emotionally impactful thing that could come out of that, we basically got that with ACE. Yeah. in JLU anyways, an epilogue. Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't know if she has any sort of association with this or not, but it's easy to bridge just fanfic, if you will, that she yeah. probably passed through there at some point. Um Yeah, a story that I would love for the for the institute is um the kids kind of being kidnapped, mm-hmm. but not from their perspective. They think they're being saved. Oh, but wow. the government but the government program is kidnapping them and then kind of brain kind of what we have is kind of brainwashing them. Yeah into being these government servants, uh, which then can, you know, can be used for all other sort of espionage kind of things. Yeah. 
That's uh, really cool. Idea. Yeah, so kind of combining the that with like <laughs> the Sewer King episode. Oh yeah, we're clearly making it much better. Much better, yeah. Well, because that's yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Like if you do put it from the kids' perspective, that they think they're being saved. Yeah, they think like, oh, I, really I'm, being I've been able to use my powers for something good, for something positive, and yet yeah, that that slow evolution that slow arc of like starting out doing good things and then you're eventually finding yourself like going into murkier murkier territory and yeah all of a sudden you're like s- strangling a foreign leader with a mm-hmm. handkerchief or something while know. listening to relax <laughs> <laughs> on a catwalk yeah kill the prime minister took me a second to go get we're going with that I'm like oh got it okay Kill the Malaysian Prime Minister. To be fair, I've only seen Zoolander once. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just was never my thing. I don't know. I oh, never. Man, I, like, it's I saw so... it once in college, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll. I don't know. Go back to it right at some point. But I love Zoolander. That that would have been cool to see, partly because I would like to spend some more time with whatever this like clandestine organization is. Now I know we eventually find out that uh, the Kurt, whatever his name is, Kurt mm-hmm. Kurt's eye patch guy. Yeah. Uh, he is no longer being funded by the government, so he's his own splinter thing, but. Where is that money coming from? Because they have like a full-on James Bond-esque lab. I'm sure Luther. You know, that's. I was kind of thinking like I was impressed they didn't use Luther at all in all this. They Mm -hmm. kind of navigate around it, but like that organization in of itself is kind of interesting, and I like the style they give to it because they all have like the classic, like '50s G-man gray suits, fedoras, sunglasses. Um, I love that they had a Get Smart reference where he disappears into the building through a telephone booth. Yep. Um, and, and even in the end, when they're in like this, so they eventually do get a hold of Volcana. Oh, hi, Yogi. Hey, buddy. They get a hold of Volcana and they put her down inside of like a, a, a chamber where she can't use her powers. That was definitely pulled straight from Dr. No. Like the suit that he's in with like the clear cylindrical helmet, that's from Dr. No. Because mm-hmm. they also spoof it in uh, the first Awesome Powers. Okay. To Doctor Evil has like it's like this weird like clear plastic latex bubble suit. It's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an impressive facility they got down there. It's though. really cool, and I I think the reason you say this is the closest to a BTOS episode we have is Superman like can't solve it just by punching. No, he has to like interrogate someone, and he totally does a Batman interrogation. He technique. does, yeah. Well, and he even does some proper investigative work he goes back to the yacht club as clark kent to try mm-hmm. and investigate and he realizes someone's following him and um you know we get to see that his powers aren't just effective for fighting they allow him to gather information because you know if he's being followed he flies out of the ways so no one can find him anywhere he can hear what no one else can hear he can see what no one else can see he has x-ray vision yeah like he he should be a detective yeah we don't get to see that side of it anymore so i like that and i you bring up a really good point yeah he does do a batman interrogation yeah he, he uses heat vision to melt a window of a skyscraper and holds one of the G-men. The G-men out. who is so cocky. He's, oh, hol- he's holding yes. Superman at gunpoint. And he's like, this gun has the power to melt through like five layers of steel in 0.3 seconds. I wonder what it's going to do to you. And in that time, Superman just like turns around and breaks the gun. Yeah, just zips over, smashes it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's a very Batman-esque element too. Yeah. But like that silent, like someone thinks they have all this kind of power and he just like silently subverts them yeah just throws it out I, it's it's a it's a really good moment right there but even um when at one point galatea is trying to get away from superman and so she volcano what did i say galatea oh god damn it <laughs> volcano volcana 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 is trying to get away and so she she kind of goes like flame on and she flies off and we we eventually learn that it's a very f- odd flying technique too i don't know if you noticed what was it uh it's it's legs spread wide <laughs> Oh, and pushing fire between them to to take off. Yeah, it. There are which some... I don't think is like. It's not. It, I don't see it as sexual, and I don't think it's meant to be sexual. I think it's very I, funny. I think it's meant to be sexual. Uh, I think it's hilarious, especially given the like bikini they put her in in yeah. the end when she's captured. I mean, that is a problem. I think all the way through. I think it's less so when we get to jail and jail you, um, <clears throat> but certainly like Batman through into Superman. There's quite a bit of sexism and we, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before too that the even just they don't know the, who lois is don't know who lois is at all she's a non-existent character but even down to the design like that the women are very sexualized mm-hmm. and the only man who is is nightwing that's because <laughs> he should always be right yeah um <laughs> yeah no I, I i agree with that point um 
But it, so it's kind of cool though, because when she tries to escape, we realize it's a like a fire decoy. That that even that felt kind of Batman esque too, mm-hmm. a little bit. Just I don't know. Just it's it's not something you expect. The Batman episodes tend to throw some cool surprises in that you're not expecting. Yeah, Superman generally doesn't, and so I like those. I, I think here. with this episode, they were able to throw these surprises in because it was an original character, and that helps. Yeah. Like a lot of the characters we have, we know who they are and kind of the limits of what they will do. Yeah. So when you have someone brand new, they kind of have the ability to to do new things, which is why I compare her a lot to Livewire. But I think, I mean, because Livewire was original too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Good character, bad episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what, maybe it's just, oh, so what I did, if I recall, this one is, oh yeah, written by Hilary J. Bader, who we were just talking about um, a few weeks ago. What did she do that was so good? Oh, she did Heavy Metal. She did Warrior Queen, Prototype, Hand of Fate. I think she did some of the Batman, some of the good Batman stuff too. But she's she's a really good writer. Double Dose, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe helped. I think they just had a good good writer on this one. Mm-hmm. And they did something cool with it. Yeah. Um, and then the ending, I feel like this is the go-to ending for a lot of villains. For a lot of villains that aren't like bad because of their own things. Oh, like they kind of retire sort of? They they're stranded on an island. Yeah, so Superman, yeah, strands Volcano. Mm-hmm. Got it right this time. Um yeah, on like a tropical island, he just keeps flying her supplies. Yeah. Can't she fly? I don't know how far because I had that idea too, but like yeah. she's surrounded by water. Um I guess it basically holds up because I think even when we see her fly for a long time, that's the decoy. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. So yes, maybe she can't go that far. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but I feel like there's there's a handful of other villains that have just been kind of plopped on an island and let be. The one that I, I remember best would be Sandman in The Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. Because he becomes the island, which I think is a really cool story. That's cool. Yeah, it's a great episode. One, I think one of the best episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man. I watch that. It's a good one. I think it's all on Disney XD, I think. I think so. I'll have to double check that. It's Drake Bell. And so yeah. it's weird listening to... Because I'll like start the episode and then step away from my computer for a second and mm-hmm. just hear Drake. And I'm like, oh, Drake and Josh is on. Josh, oh, yeah. Uh... And there's a couple other villains that have had that same treatment. Well, I mean, Bizarro. I don't Bizarro yeah, left yeah. on, a, on the, the planet. Bizarro uh, wasn't... Not metamorph. Um, someone else in the Superman world was already left on an island. Well, I mean, Metallica encased in Volcano Rock yeah, on yeah, that's, island. Yeah, that's a little different. Parasites... He, Parasite kind of gets his way, sort of. He gets, like, the TV he always wanted with mm-hmm. the episodes. Um, Livewire, she just keeps getting arrested. She's yeah. a pain in the ass. Not Lex. She could also just be on an island. Yeah. Um, no well, I guess uh, Titano. That's right. There we go. Yeah. Titano got left on an island in the classic episode Monkey Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I. what I thought was interesting was that's also a very Batman-esque thing to give the villain a... Sympathetic ending. A sympathetic ending. But I feel like one of the differences is that Batman, it's still usually a little bit more cynical. Right, so you look back at like the the classic example is always Heart of Ice. Mm-hmm. So Mister Freeze gets away, um, but it's still. I mean, actually, no, he's he's locked up, but it's a sad ending. He's mm-hmm. a similar character that gets like a, a sad downbeat ending. Yeah. Um, whereas here, it is generally pretty positive. So she's just like hanging out by herself on a beach, getting tan, and and flirting with Superman whenever he stops by. Don't you ever cool down? Yeah. Shut up, Superman. It's cheesy, but it's 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 kind of fun. Um, yeah. I, I'd, I wish we could spend more time with that, that crazy government organization. I know. Like, they're kind of cool. We have two episodes we want to write through this one. Through this one. Yeah, I know, right? We need to start doing our own fanfic. Yep. Actually, we'll just, we'll just go ask our friends over at the Watchtower Database, because they do that. They're like, they're, oh, they're really? The DCAU, con- like the legacy stuff. I'm like, hey, guys, you've probably already done this, but hey, you should do oh, these. Yeah. <laughs> our gift to you. You're better writers than we are. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I, I like this one a lot. I think it's a good way to start season three. I think it starts us on a, a generally positive note. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I would probably include this on my short list in a few weeks. Uh, I think I would. I, I'd have to see the rest of the episodes. Yeah. See true. where the bar where the bar is. There's, a, there's some good ones. Mm-hmm. There's some good ones in there. And I, I think it's interesting too, because I feel like this is one of the few weeks where I liked the Superman episode better than the Batman episode. I don't know if you had the same feeling or not. 
I they were both I, I would say that they were both pretty okay for me yeah because our, our Batman episode this week is love is a crock mm-hmm. um it's a weird pairing it's a it's a weird pairing I like that it's a weird pairing because it's it's baby doll busts killer croc out of prison basically mm-hmm. and they go on a Bonnie and Clyde style crime spree mm-hmm. and I like how they reintroduce us the baby doll where she's like working as a hotel it makes clerk. me feel so bad for her. I know, yeah. Because she she is, hmm. I think she starts out more sympathetic. Yes, very sympathetic at the beginning. Because she, she looks like she's adjusted to normal life. Yeah. She's working as a kind of receptionist at a hotel. Um, and a drunk asshole comes in and just starts making fun of her. It's like, oh, I remember you used to be on TV. You used to be somebody. Yeah. Um. Say, do something funny. Do something funny, funny person. You know, the, the very L.A. thing. Yeah. Uh, you're a comedian. Say, say something funny. Oh, it tells funny. a joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And she kind of snaps. Yeah. Um, and you see her, like, fully adjusted. And I think that that's where, like, I felt bad for her at the beginning. And you just kind of see her sink more and more into what she used to be at the beginning yeah. of the first Baby Doll episode. Because I'm, I'm trying to remember, I think, isn't <clears throat> the final shot of the original Baby Doll episode, isn't it? like the wide shot of the studio and she's like sitting alone with a little bit of light on her in the dark. And it, it's her just like, like keeps muttering. Like I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. No, it's her in the hall of mirrors. Oh, uh, that's after right. The, she sees a mirror of her, a, a, an, a, an adult self of her. Yeah. Uh, and then Batman shoots it. No, she shoots it. Yeah. And then that's when she falls to her knees and said, I didn't mean to. Jesus. Which I miss characters having catchphrases yeah me too i feel like when's the last time we had a good catchphrase um i'm too i'm too lazy to think of one. i, I can't think <laughs> i mean even in animated i can't think of many i mean i, I think part of it's like catchphrases don't that's a very like what's a very the old school sort of yeah, it wasn't such a pretty good one uh um, yeah whatever like Rufus modern squeaks. sitcoms i guess bazinga Oof. i know Oof. sorry Oof. um but that's like a made-up word. That's not a catchphrase. That's a. That's it's, a, it's a I mean, it's it's it's, it's a catchphrase. Like it, it uh, executes the same way as a catchphrase. Like it's a, you know, it's it's a, one of those things. A line to throw at the end is like a cap on a joke. Yeah. To try and fill in what's but I supposed the, to be a joke. I miss the. Did I do that? Did I do that? The dynamites. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the what you talking about, Willis? Um, we'll try and find a one that's not a black person. I'm the baby. Gotta love me. <laughs> What? Is it from dinosaurs? I never want. Oh, okay. The, the puppets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the little baby dinosaur. Wasn't that his phrase? I never watched dinosaurs. I didn't really either, but I remember that being a thing. It's morphin time. Yeah. <laughs> Not really a catchphrase. Could I be any more <laughs> Oh, yeah. Something? Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, from friends. Mm-hmm. Well, then, of course, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Cameron? Uh, uh, Barney had a few from How I Met Your Mother. It's true. Yeah, um, mostly they're like high five related. Yeah. Um, I request the highest of fives. Mm-hmm. It was my favorite ones. Yeah. Because well, I think that's that's one of the differences, right? Is that back in the day, a catchphrase was enough to get a joke. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you have to evolve it. Yeah. Now it, now it's a it's kind of a through line for, yeah. this, for characters. Like, I love... Um, one of my favorites is the, the through line in 30 Rock, where it's like, oh, God, it's been a long day. It's, like, it's 10 a.m. Lemon. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's been a long... It's been a long week. Tuesday. There, there's one that's been popping up online. Yeah. It's the same clip. Yeah. And it's it's Lemon being like, oh, man, it's been a long year. And then it's, it's February. Lemon. Yeah. <laughs> so true. But I think that's like the trick now, right? Is you have to like set up something like that and then you have to keep evolving it over time to build up on punchlines. Yeah. So we get catchphrases of sorts. Yeah. Kind but of. We evolve them. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I do... I do think that her catchphrase works well though i think i think she's a more interesting character the first time around because she it's the first episode is really sad yeah and like you feel sad for her like you just you look at everything she's doing and like it's terrible but you just like you just feel bad for this person who's been pushed this far Mm -hmm. and i think this time around because she is like has this misdirected love for croc and he's uncomfortable with it. Like, it makes you kind of uncomfortable as well. Mm-hmm. I, I see it as something a little different. Okay. Because I'm, I'm relating it to myself. Growing up, I had, a, I had a hard time distinguishing, like, 
reality from television. Okay. Uh, so reality TV was real hard. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but from, from what I could tell from how she was reacting to everything, through her eyes, everything is an episode. Mm, uh, so you see her watching, at the beginning, you see her watching the trial of Killer Croc. Yeah. And she's watching it like she's watching a drama. Mm. Um, she's like reacting to the character, to the, to the actions. She's not seeing a real person. She's seeing someone on TV. Oh, interesting. And I think that was why she chose Croc. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's like, that was a continuation of his episode. Yeah. It was like, sh- he needs he needs a girlfriend. Um, oh, okay. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs someone. Cause he's, cause he's him. the bad boy. Yeah. And I'm trying to, I can't relate it to any like specific sixties car or sixties show. He's the Fonzie. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's he, I know. No. <laughs> yeah. he, he's like, he's the bad boy that needs the, the sweet, innocent girl to tame him. Yeah. He's the Sean Hunter. Sure. Who needs his Angelica? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was the last girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey. Good job. Oh, wow. Look at that. Um, Look at me. And, like, through her eyes, none of this is really real. Especially mm. when, like, the, the, the thing that kind of solidifies that for me is the Bonnie and Clyde comment. Yeah. It's, it's that, and then at the end, when they are captured, she kind of turns to him. She's like, we were supposed to end up happily ever after, like everyone else on TV. Yeah. And so that's, like, that was my trigger of, like, oh, this isn't real to her. Mm-hmm. This is like when she slipped back into baby doll, she is now in an episode yeah. and she can't tell the difference anymore. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess that kind of makes sense too. Cause you know, it, it, when she finds out that croc is planning on ditching her. Yeah. It's breaking the TV um, storyline. Yeah. And then, so she's like, Oh, I'm just going to set off a nuclear power plant. And yeah, I guess in her mind, like that's not, that's what would happen in a TV show, right? Is like it's like the 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 literally the nuclear option, where it's just like all that matters is what's going on with these characters. So who cares about the rest of the world around it? Yeah, and they have they, to yeah, have their tragic goodbye. We're going to hold the city up for ransom. It's like no, no, we're just going to go out in this massive explosion. And it, yeah, it's that's a, that's a really good way of looking at it. So I guess because the first one does seem like sadder. Mm-hmm. I think. But oh, this I still had the first her first appearance yeah. a lot more. But I, I, you still do feel for her in this one, and I, and I feel like you you feel for Croc a little bit too, because there's even a couple of very strategic moments where he's like kind of enjoying it. Yeah, and I think he does kind of like having a companion, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not the one he thought he'd have, and it's a little hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I did notice it's a different voice this time also for Baby Doll, if I recall. Yes, because now it's um, Lorraine Newman. Yeah. Wait, what? Did, I feel like I should know that. What's why she's? What do I know her from? Uh, Lorraine Newman. She was in Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's probably where. Yeah. And she was also in something else really big. Oh, she uh, she started Groundlings. You did that documentary about Groundlings. She's one of the founders. That's why I know that name. <laughs> okay, right. I was like, man, why do I know that name? Groundlings right, of is an improv school out here. Yes. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. I like the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, was, was she one of the... I think she was one of the original Not players not good enough for primetime. Oh, right? Oh, she's an original cast member of Saturday Night Live, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, she was. She was one of the original okay. ones from 1975. Then, yeah. yeah. Um, That's their call, if you didn't know. The what? Their 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 nickname was the player is not good enough for prime time. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh my god, think of all the all that came out of that too. I know. Yeah, I I like this iteration though. I, it's a, a very subtle design change, but I like it. Oh yeah. Um, what do you think I, of Croc? I I prefer New Croc. Me too. I still don't like it, but I like it better. What do you like about it? I don't know. I want it more crocodile-y. So, but do you, I mean, I guess this is more crocodile than the last oh, one. Oh, yeah, the last one just looks like he has a skin problem. Yeah, it's um, weird. yeah it's, he's really he's bumpy. He's bumpy and gray. Yeah, this one he's green and, and scaly mm-hmm. and angular. Um, I like the angularness. I don't, I don't know what I would want more. Maybe, like, I guess when I picture Killer Croc, my mind immediately just goes <laughs> to the lizard from Spider-Man. Oh, okay. And so I think, like, a good balance between them is what I want. Yeah. So I'm trying to think what, like, because we they've gone pretty far like that. Like in Hush, mm-hmm. he is he basically looks like the lizard, and and that they explain that he's been modified, he's yeah. been mutated by Hush, um, to look that way. I'm trying to think if there's a better 
version I've seen out there. I mean, I guess I like the the Arkham ones, the Arkham game one. Yeah, is pretty good. I like that. I mean, one. I think even to be fair, the Suicide Squad those like that makeup is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it you mean Oscar nominated movie Suicide Squad, Oscar winning. Uh, sorry, Oscar Oscar winning movie Suicide Squad, just for that exact thing. <laughs> Yeah, but I I do like the um, Oscar award recipient Suicide Squad. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, I like the Arkham version of him mm-hmm. quite a bit. He, yeah, I mean he should feel he should resemble a human. The I guess the one that I keep relating it to is the first animated Arkham movie, Assault on Arkham. I really like um, how they do Shark King. Oh yeah, and I want that kind of treatment for. Killer Croc. Yeah, because I'm looking at a photo right now of... Yeah, he. I mean, so yeah, this is this is great for all you listeners that show this to the camera. But yeah, this mm-hmm. is the shark. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that's kind of what I want. King Shark. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's got like just big jowls kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was just looking at a version that I, I quite like for him. Crap, what was it? Do, 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 do. Uh, shit, oh, doesn't matter. Because Killer Croc is also in... Assault on Arkham. Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. God damn, I had a what note. Is, what am I thinking on? Oh, this is one. Yeah, what? what is this one? Him and Cheetah are together. Maybe that's a new one. Because I like this. This is what I was looking at. This is what I wanted. Oh, okay. Oh, is that from... What is that from? I have no idea. DC Movies Wiki. That I mean, that looks like one of the direct-to-video yeah. versions. Uh, wait, have you read Batman Earth One? It's like it's a reintroduction of a younger so. Batman. In the second volume, he comes across Killer Croc. Here's a, an image of it. Okay, yeah, that, that's kind of like a like a, a closer to the Beatos version. Closer to the Beatos version, and actually, what's cool in that story is that um, that's like one of the most sympathetic versions of Croc I've seen, where he really is just trying to live his own life and stay away from everybody. It's pretty good. But I, I like him in this because he does get, a, he is a little bit soft. He has those moments where he's actually kind of enjoying being around Baby Doll. And I think part of it is he's just used to being on his own. So he wants to get away. Um, maybe there's an element of like sap, self sabotage there too. The one thing that I didn't think quite worked for me is when he's like, no, nah, baby, I'm going to go off and like, hang out by myself for a bit. I just need to be some alone time. And he goes to some bar and there's like two girls throwing themselves yeah. all over him. Like, this is where I find it like a little bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's not quite as fuggly as he was back in Beatos. I'm just like this stretches the there was a little in bit. that in that scene though. There was a very small detail hidden in the background. What was that? Which made me very giddy. What? There was a uh, a, a band poster in the background for a concert coming up, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was a pictograph, a pictograph puzzle for. Um. Uh, uh. What are their What are their names? Sorry, I just forgot their name. Uh. The Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Very like hidden, and wait, I loved it. Wait, what's a pictograph puzzle? Uh, pictograph is the that's where it's like the drawing of an eye to represent the letter I. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah, where it's like the like the six images, like a bunch of images that you if you say it, you read it as words. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. See, it's good to have you around, Cameron. I, I just like, you I, know was, these puzzles. I was, yeah, uh, just call me the Riddler. Uh, I was like doing something over here while the episode was playing and I, uh-huh. I turned and I like don't even notice Croc in the foreground. I just look straight at the picture. Just I'm like, that. <laughs> is that a band push for Josie and the Pussycats? Oh my God, look at that. I guess, uh, well, who owns, I mean, Hanna-Barbera, mm-hmm. but I guess it's Warner Brothers, right? Warner yeah. Brothers owns, okay, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, so there's a big like, Baby Doll is going to like, blow up a nuclear power plant they stop in Batgirl disarms it they capture them but what <laughs> i do what i do like is um there are a bunch of little details hidden in this episode we'll talk cool, about some of them in a second yeah lots of cool details well, one of the things that i really liked was when they're at the power plant and croc is basically trying to kill baby one batman saves her but two then while croc's trying to fight he goes to pull like that big like hot water pipe out and batman yells like no croc don't um and it's a small thing, but I think it again shows that Batman does kind of want it. He does care. He does kind of want to help, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I feel like we see more of that in the new Batman adventures maybe than we did in, or we see more subtle versions of it mm-hmm. than we did in, in Beatles. In Beatles, there'd be episodes all about him trying to help. 
Whereas here, that's peppered through everywhere. Like how he treats Ventroquist, even this moment when he's trying to like there was, there help was, Croc. There was one other that I I could see. It was it was a, a shot of Batman walking, mm-hmm. and so it was from Baby Doll's perspective. So it was just his feet, and I could see his face in my mind because it's when he drops the taser next to Baby Doll. Oh yeah, which looked suspicious. It looked like it was unintentional, but like. Nothing is ever unintentional with Batman. No. And so I could just see him like dropping the taser and it's like kind of having that like corner smirk yeah. of like, she needs this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll help me out here. Mm-hmm. Just set you up. Uh, yeah. So she goes and tases, is, tases Croc, mm-hmm. which is a nice little moment. What were, uh, what were some of the little details you liked? Uh, so the newspapers, uh, they always hide small little jokes in the newspapers. Yeah. Uh, there were. You see the the Gotham paper, Gotham Tribune. That doesn't Go- sound right. Um, Gotham Gazette. Yes, because it's Chicago. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I know it's the Gotham Gazette in other iterations. I'm not sure if it is here or not. Yeah, because Let's it's the same font as is as, as, uh, the Chicago Tribune. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, in that one, they they give them the title of Gotham's Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. and then they throw on um, Metropolis. Yes, the Daily Planet on top, and there was an article in the corner about um where was it uh about bruce tim oh what yeah bruce tim makes another appearance in there it says b tim excited for dvd release oh my god <laughs> uh, uh that was on one side and on the other side no so that was the gotham, gotham one. one yeah this, yeah the this, the daily planet one it was superman has hands full yeah yeah <laughs> it was like the big title is like um bonnie and clyde of gotham rampant and then Superman has his hands full. Superman has his hands full. Yeah, I'm trying. Okay, so this would have come out in '98 because they didn't release these on DVD for a long time. But I guess they, that would mean DVDs were around, as mm-hmm. we know from the Joker's Millions, where right. everything was a big DVD sign. When did this? This was July of '98. I'm trying to remember if they're. I, I think at some point they released World's Finest on its own on DVD. Okay. Maybe. I remember the DVD two pack where it was um, Phantasm and Mr. Freeze. Okay. They were selling together. Cause I remember that was my first time seeing uh BTOS. Oh, okay. Was, there was a, I was walking through like Macy's mm-hmm. or some, some weird place where I wasn't expecting to see a superhero. Yeah. And, and I saw like Batman and Mr. Freeze and I'm like, <gasps> what is this? Oh my God. That amazing movie Batman and Robin just came out a year before, and I loved it. No, I hadn't seen that yet. Oh, I saw it when it came out, and I loved it. <laughs> I was I was eight. I know. I, I I understand, Chris. I understand what bad taste is like. It's true. Chris <laughs> uh, in the choir on that one. There was another point in this which I really loved, and it kind of plays back into the the TV trope mm-hmm. of this is an episode from the perspective of a failed from a failed relationship, yeah, or a failing relationship. And I love that idea of like mm. you see Baby Doll still in quote unquote love with Croc yeah. and Croc kind of distancing himself, not knowing how to handle it. Yeah, well, not even not even just that. Just like he doesn't want to really be there anymore. Yeah, uh, he's like, yeah, I want, I need some me time. Yeah, and and Baby Doll just doesn't understand that. And there was there's like a shot where it's the back of her, and you see Killer Croc just kind of like go around a corner. I'm like, this is every fucking breakup scene, <laughs> or like what well, leads up to a breakup it, scene. Yeah. Um, I get a croc. Everyone needs their alone time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get up your me time. Yeah, got to go. You know, clean out your scales. Whatever the hell um, he does in his own time. Yeah, but I, I, I liked that. That like a little nod to mm-hmm. just kind of like that's how every everyone handles it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. There's other. There's one other scene that that they kind of bugged me okay because of it's it's right after the newspaper scene mm-hmm. they're f- infamous at this point and the next scene is them robbing a casino and no one's... as themselves she is still looks the exact same she still looks like she did on tv yeah and clearly people still know what that looks like because a drunk guy can notice it when she's still ha- when she's not in the makeup or her hair is up yeah or down and they um, still don't figure it out yeah so they go to this casino Baby doll is like playing with a ball. The the uh, security guard comes over to to get her out of there, and then just this giant killer croc, only wearing a trench coat and a hat. Who's gonna notice though? 
Right. Yeah. This giant eight foot monster with green skin. Yeah. It just busts like, through the wall. <gasps> They're here. Oh my god! How did we not see this coming? How did we miss this? I know. Huh. It's it's a little silly, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's typical of like the new Batman adventures that I I feel like even their lesser episodes are still still pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. There are some real shit episodes that we're gonna hit eventually. I'm, I'm mostly oh, looking man. at you, critters. Um, oh, God, so <laughs> so bad. Um, yeah, this one's fine though. Yeah, it was fine. It was um, looking at it through kind of baby doll's eyes. It was it made it was a very interesting perspective. Yeah, because something that I related to a lot growing up of like blurring the line between. Oh, which would t- okay. Was <laughs> it? I also think I'm a six year old girl. Yeah, seems about right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, but um, it's still pretty good. And there's good stuff coming up here too, which I'm pretty excited about. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, man! Next week, good week. Oh, good, real good week. Nighttime, which is another Superman Batman crossover episode. Ooh, one of my time favorites. And then Torch Song, which is the introduction of Firefly. <gasps> Ooh, which I seem to recall enjoying quite a bit okay i so, like firefly and the yeah. arkham games yeah he's and he's good he's good in this oh mm-hmm. man man oh just, just looking at this really some really good stuff ah i'm excited I, i'm also a little biased because this is like this is this peak, is this peak is, window for me mm-hmm. yeah this is this is eight-year-old chris sitting down saturday mornings with cinnamon toast crunch and oh, some, like, some legos yeah a lot, a lot of cinnamon toast crunch mm-hmm. uh, mine was uh I, i'd switch between raisin bran so much healthier. Uh, and mini wheats. Mini wheats. Oh man, those Frosted are, those are good cereals, though. There was my. I don't know why. I talked to my mom about this the other day, and I don't know why, but she had a. Um, oh god, what were they? What are they called? You put them in your kitchen, uh, and they would. You'd put like all your spices on it, and it would rotate. A lazy Susan. Yes, she had a lazy Susan in the bedroom with nothing on it, and I I would sit there with my bowl of cereal and during commercials. I would spin. <laughs> I would sit cross. I'd sit crisscross on it, and I'd spin, and I'd eat my cereal during the commercials. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! Yep. <laughs> oh, little camera on his lazy Susan. I also remembered. Uh, I was supposed to bring this up two weeks ago, but I forgot about it. I remembered my irrational fear growing oh, up. Oh, you did. Okay, what was it? You, to, to recap for everyone, you you mentioned your irrational fear. My is, ra- irrational fear is to cross an empty street and the DeLorean comes out of nowhere at eighty miles an hour and runs me over. Mm-hmm. So I this was a fear I had in elementary school for like maybe six months or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, going along the lines of not being able to blur the difference between reality and television. Okay. I just started watching Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, do you know the character Frieza? I don't know any of the characters from Dragon Ball okay. Z. Okay. There's a villain named Frieza, kind of the main villain okay. named Frieza. Uh, Frieza has has this power called the Death Beam, where he will point at someone and a beam, I a, a, a kind of impenetrable beam will come and just kind of zap through their chest. Okay. So for six months, I was maybe like third or fourth grade when I was very moody. Uh, I thought I had that power. And so I refused to point at anyone or at anything (laughs) unless I was mad. So I'd be like at recess and I'd be sitting in a corner and then like someone made fun of me or someone did something dumb and I'd be sitting on the bench staring at them and just like pointing. And I'm like, you're dead. <laughs> oh my God. So your irrational fear was that you would accidentally kill someone with their superpowers, but if they deserved it, you were all on board? Yes. <laughs> I, for, I remembered that the other day, and I'm like, I need to bring that up. So I should be really worried if you ever point at me right. during the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I also got used to doing the Disney point with the, the two finger point because that was like, like, that was like, oh, I can't, it won't activate if I have two fingers. What's the Disney point? All Disney employees have to point with two fingers. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Because in some cultures, it's disrespectful to point with one finger. Oh, okay. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at Disney trivia. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so you'll either see them point with, with two fingers or they'll use their whole hand, their whole I guess, hand. this way. Point with their thumb. Just mm-hmm. point straight out. Like, go that. Pinkies. Go that way. Pinky mm-hmm. out. Um, uh, yeah, I, want, I right. wanted to share I'm that. I'm so glad you shared that. I'll, I'll make a special marker, you know. Cameron's Here's the point where Cameron's, most, Cameron's biggest irrational fear. <laughs> Oh god! All yeah, right, we kind of uh, sped through those episodes. I feel like I, I just uh, wasn't much to talk about with this. I, know. I feel like um, that's fine. We'll have more to talk about in other episodes. Yeah. Uh, what you got to plug? 
I have a, a new YouTube channel, oh. which has some very interesting, because you know me, I, I love my video essays. You do. Um, there's a channel called Just Right, uh, and there are two that really stood out for me. Um, there was one, and it was um, Harry Potter, How J.K. Rowling Writes a Mystery, mm-hmm. and it was a really cool comparison between uh, reading a mystery versus uh, seeing a mystery. Oh, okay. Uh, and how... J.K. Rowling hides a bunch. Basically, the argument was every Harry Potter movie is a mystery novel. Um, yeah, pretty much. A fantasy mystery. Yeah. And the movies don't really capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. And the big one they they made a point of is in Prisoner of Azkaban with Lupin being a werewolf. Mm-hmm. In the book, when they're the the first scene when he's fighting the Boggart. Not the Boggart. Yeah. The um, Boggart. The Boggart. Thank you. When it turns into your fears. Uh, the description for when Lupin jumps in front uh, of Harry because Harry turns into the Dementor, mm-hmm. uh, Dementor. Um, her words were, "It turns into a a shining silver orb hangs in the room, yeah. something along those lines." Um, no real mention of it being a moon; it's just a, a, a shining circle. Yeah. Uh, but in the movie, clearly, it's a moon. Yeah. Yeah, you have the the moon with the clouds and everything. Yeah, and he when we see him, he has a bunch of scratches all over his face all the time too. Yeah, um, so there there were a couple other examples. It, it was really interesting. That is cool. Yeah. I never thought about because I obviously I don't read very much, and I'm sorry about that. You you read the Harry Potter books, right? You continue. It's like the third time you brought it up on the. Podcast. I legitimately have forgotten. I've listened to all of them multiple times. Um, and I'm sorry. We, we've already established that listening to something is not the right way to ingest it. It's fine. <laughs> watch us on YouTube. Don't watch us on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, just don't watch it. No, watch us on YouTube. Watch us on YouTube. Um, Get those numbers up. Just watch Cameron's art static uh, for the, an hour. The other one, which I think you would really like, mm-hmm. um, was it was through Avatar The Last Airbender. It was called How to Write a Compelling Backstory. Oh. And she even compared it to Batman. Mm-hmm. Or the, 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 I think it's, a, I don't remember who hosted it at the, yeah, this episode. Um, the person compared it to Batman. Okay. Where there is one episode in particular of Avatar. Um, it's called The Storm. It's episode 12 of season one, in case you were wondering. I was. <laughs> so. Um, and it's when you learn about Aang and Zuko's backstories. So Aang, the tragic past of him becoming the Avatar, he wants to stay a kid. Yeah. Um, he runs away because they want him to grow up, gets caught in a storm, frees himself for 100 years, and now we're back to the intro of the episode. Right. Um, Zuko talks out uh, against a military general in a meeting um, that was very disrespectful. His father kind of hits him for it, which gives him the burn mark. He, he gets in a, a, an Agni Kai, which is like a, like a duel okay. with his father. His father just beats the shit out of him mm. and then banishes him for, okay. for talking, out of, talking out of turn. Um, from both of their perspectives, everything that went wrong was their fault. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of writing the backstory is, it's called having the ghost, is what they said, hmm. is a backstory where everything that went wrong is because of them. So for Aang, the, the air nomads being wiped out, he is the last airbender, hence the name of the series. Um, he's the last airbender because he left and let the Fire Nation come in. He okay. wasn't there to protect his people. Oh, okay, so it's I his see. fault that he's the last one. Interesting. Um, for Zuko, it's, it's his fault that he's lost his honor because he spoke... It's a little more complicated because he spoke like in a moral sense. Mm-hmm. Basically, the reason he spoke out was the the general wanted to just sacrifice a whole section of the military that they knew they were going to lose. They were just going to do it for like research purposes. It was like they were going to see how the Earth Kingdom would react if they sent these people here, okay, and just leave them to die. Suzuko, so uh, his real quest was finding honor, but he lost honor through immoral actions. Because in his eyes, honor was through his father, but his father was a very immoral person. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't know how to like cope with being a bad person and still being good in his father's eyes. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. That Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's there. It has to be 
their own undoing, sort of yes. like gives them a tragic backstory. Which I mean, like it ties in with Batman too. Right? Yeah, like so he, Batman he sees it at his fault. His parents died. Yeah, well, and Batman begins specifically. Yeah, if we're going through the movies. Uh, the beginning, you see him with the bats. He's scared of the bats. They go to the play. Yeah. They're not watching cats. What are they watching in that one? No, I mean, it's... Um, it's... And one of them, they're watching cats. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're, no. Not, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's a version of Batman where he and his parents go it to see be... the Broadway musical Cats. I, it, it might be the Simpsons parody And they go it, outside and get shot. From what I've heard, Cats is a terrible musical. <laughs> so I think most people would probably take the bullet. Yeah. Uh, but in Batman Begins, yeah, it's, he is it's, scared um, of. It's, it's not Dante. I forget what it is, but yeah, it, it's it, there's um, it's a devil figure who looks like a bat, and they're all spinning around. He thinks they're, yeah. they're bats. Yeah. So and so it's, he's the one that asks them to leave. Yeah. And that's when they get shot. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's why people say that. That's why you say Batman Begins is the best. That's one of the reasons. That yeah, I mean, it's the, Batman Begins is the best, the best one. Batman movie. Well, because it's the second best Batman movie. Yeah, Batman Forever. No. <laughs> yes. Yes, behind Batman Forever. Oh, when it's it's Robin's fault, it's Dick's fault that his parents get shot by Two Face. Yeah, he was he was looking at himself in the mirror. Understandable. I mean, '90s Chris O'Donnell, good looking man. Yeah, He's very slippery, good looking now. Um, and not a lot of the Batman stories tell it that way. It's kind of a coincidence that they're that yeah, they, like they leave because it either ends or it's intermission. But yeah. it's never directly tied because of to. Bruce. No, Bruce I, I think it's, that's a really good point. It's an effective way to, um, yeah, to like put that on mm-hmm. the character a little and bit. And so now more. it's not a revenge story. Now it's a redemption. Redemption story. Yeah. Yeah. God, Batman Begins is so good. I know. Avatar is so good. I'm sure I, they did this with two characters in the same episode. In 30 minutes, they did this. It's amazing. It's so good. It's such a good episode. Oh, are you a fan? You a fan of Avatar? Just a little bit. Yeah. Have you ever seen Californication, Cameron? It's real. <laughs> it's real good. Uh, okay, so you got that awesome YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Just Right. Yes, wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Huzzah. W R I T. In case. Oh fuck me. Okay, let me Sorry. go. W. Because it, it's all about like how to like different writing mechanisms. Well, that makes more sense considering that both the like the the videos have the word write in them. I suppose I shouldn't be going off that. So. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's that's my plug. I spent nice. a little longer on it than I needed to. That's fine. But what are you watching, listening, reading? To? Uh, I found through some friends this great series called Kyloki on YouTube. So the it's the channel is Leisure Elk, and so um, my friends Dan and Logan helped actually make this uh, the show. But it's basically the idea is what happens if uh, Kylo Ren and Loki live in an apartment with this other okay, guy. Okay, that's named, exactly what I yeah with this other guy mind. named Matt. Got and it. it's just. It's just kind of silly hijinks, and it's just like two very emo people mm-hmm. fucking things up all the time. Love it's it. it's it's really fun. I'm only a few episodes in, but it's 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 great. They're all pretty short. They're all like you know, like five minutes or so each, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So definitely go check that out. And then I went to go see Paddington Two. You did charming as fuck that That's, movie. Is it still at 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes? I will double check right now. I if it is, it's totally earned. <laughs> here's the thing about uh, Paddington and Paddington Two. Uh, they are not amazing films. Still 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> My God. They are not like amazing films, but it's impossible not to like them because mm-hmm. they're, they're just very sweet. They're very earnest. They have nice things to say. Good performances. They're charming. They have really inventive kind of um, uh, like slapstick humor-esque setups for all these sort of things. Uh, yeah, 8.7 out of 10, 178 fresh reviews. Zero, zero <laughs> on reviews. Ninety percent audience score, <clears throat> totally earned. And okay. uh, so in this one, Hugh Grant is the villain, and he plays this like slightly out of touch, like washed up actor, hmm. and it's just really, really sweet and fun. And uh, Paddington ends up in prison where Brendan Gleeson, who uh, he's Mad Eye Moody in the Harry Potter movies, got it. Um, but he, he's also in um, in Bruges, and he's amazing in that. But he's a, a chef working the prison, and it, it's. That sequence especially feels very um, like Wes Anderson-esque, like through through mishaps, all the uniforms get dyed pink, so all the <laughs> criminals are wearing pink uniforms, and it's just, it's just really sweet. And sometimes you just got to watch something that makes you feel good. I, I've been meaning to watch that one. Have you seen Paddington 1? No, it's on Netflix, It's on though. Netflix. It's, it's, a, it's a breeze. Just throw it on. It's mm-hmm. 90 minutes. It's charming all the way through. It's the best word to use to describe these movies, man. They're just so mm-hmm. damn charming. So British. 
I know. I, I compare it, even though I haven't seen it, I imagine it's similar to like the Wallace and Gromit films. Yeah, kind of the similar sort of thing, where it's mm-hmm. just like they're just very pleasant. Yeah. You have to like something pleasant sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I can't feel joy on my own. I need joy brought to me. Yes, you and... need an animated stuffed bear. Yes. <laughs> but he's, he's voiced by Ben Wishaw. I love <laughs> Ben Wishaw. Oh. oh, so good. Yeah, go watch that, guys. It's fantastic. Got it. Uh, does that do it? I think it's everything. Does it? All good? All mm-hmm. set? I'm ready. All right. Uh, well, if you go see Paddington 2 and also find it really charming, you can tell me directly, because I can be found at Lordifer on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast itself is at TimTalkPod on Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, and also Twitter? Yes. Please tell us what we got wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm sure it's something. Sure it's something, yeah. This week, Cameron will be wrong. Probably. Yeah. <clears throat> I usually am about something. Well, we got to spin around every once in a while. So mm-hmm. uh, you can find me at camdexter underscore adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from when this episode comes out, my uh, my new project will be launching in a week. Oh. So you can find that at Core Memories Co. on Instagram. Yeah. And our website will be corememoriesco.com. Eventually, no, it's up. It's It'll be up. yeah. Uh, hang on, this is coming out on the twentieth. Yeah, so in a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait. So from the twentieth, it will have been out for a week. It'll come out a week after it, this. It will come out a week after this. So it'll come out on the twenty seventh. Yes. So it'll come out the day after the two episodes from now. Yep. Guys, this is really confusing. <laughs> yep. I should. I didn't need to plug it, but I'm gonna plug it anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about it more next week. All right. Cool. Oh. No. Next yeah. week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait. No. Shit. Sorry. This comes out on the 4th. This one does? No, the 13th. God damn. Yeah, Today's 13th. the 4th. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So in two weeks. <laughs> My brain doesn't work anymore. I'll talk about it later. All right. It's not important. Thanks, Thanks for listening, everybody. Everyone. Hi, I'm Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Rayel Bell. And we're the two hosts of The Guilty Pleasure Podcast, the show where we celebrate and elaborate on odd and embarrassing interests. Hey Amanda, what's your guilty pleasure? I like dipping donuts in soup. Oh really? No, but that's the kind of stuff we talk about. Check us out every week on the Nerdist School Network. Want to submit a guilty pleasure of your own? Email us at guiltypleasurepodcast at gmail.com. And remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.